said, if you got a Bible, turn to me to Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46, we're continuing our series entitled Rise, right? Uh, where we're walking through this 30 days of prayer and fasting as uh, a church body, a living hope family body. And so just a reminder, hey, what, what are you praying uh, for? Who are you praying for? What are you fasting from uh, in this season? And, and what's the Lord showing you uh, in this season? Uh, as uh, we fast and seek his heart. And so we're can, uh, going through the Psalms, going through selected Psalms, and uh, uh, we're in Psalm 46 uh, this morning. One of my favorite Psalms, right? All the Psalms are good, but this is one of my favorite ones. It's one of the more notable uh, ones. But there may be uh, some information that you may not know about the background of uh, the Psalm, right? The Psalm was uh, written... Uh, by uh, the sons of Korah. And you may say, Pastor Herb, who is that? Usually you see, you know, Psalms written by David and some other folks. Well, uh, the sons of Korah were descendants of a man named Korah, right? And this man Korah uh, actually is known, man, for being a dude that uh, wasn't necessarily so great. Uh, in Numbers chapter 16, whenever the people of God were uh, in the wilderness, this dude Korah and some of his homeboys decided to try and start a rebellion against Moses. Right. And, and essentially trying to overthrow his leadership and power. And uh, it says in number 16, true story, the ground opened up and swallowed him up whole. Right. These are the descendants here of that man, Korah. And we see that uh, these descendants, man, the Lord saved. And we see that, man, God uses them in a mighty way. These sons of Korah were known essentially as King David's uh, worship leaders. Right. They were the gatekeepers there. The temple men that led out in songs of praise. Many scholars believe, right, these songs of praise were derived from David's many victories in his battle against the Philistines during that time. These dudes were worship leaders and they comprised a song declaring, right, the greatness of God and how this God, Yahweh, the great I am, right, is worthy to be praised, as we just said. And so with that being said, if you got a Bible, Psalm chapter 46, we're going to read through the whole chapter together. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. You can follow along on the screen or on your phone as long as you're not browsing through social media. I'm just kidding. Hey, y'all are adults, you know, but uh, (laughs) Psalm chapter 46, starting in verse one, we're going to read together. That's what the word of the Lord says, says this, God. Yahweh is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Brother Dwayne doesn't just say a present help. This is a very present help. Amen. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roam and form, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Remember that word Selah, meaning to pause there. Let's pause at this place. Then we see verse four. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Hey, though the nations rage and the kingdoms totter, hey, he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts, right? Yahweh of hosts, literally meaning the Lord over, man, multitude of angels. 
right? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. And then verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And then verse 10, well-known verse. We've been in church any length of time. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. I've entitled the message today simply to say a God to be praised. Again, this is a song, man. Man, declaring the praise of the only one who's worthy of it. A God to be praised. A God to be praised. Why don't you pray with me? Lord God, we love you. God, we ask over these next few moments, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord, through your word. Lord, we want to hear from you, God. God, help us to see that you're the only one who's worthy to be praised. The gifts that you've given us, though they're great, they aren't worthy of your praise, Lord. The job that we have, right, the mind that we have, the stuff that we're pursuing, Lord, those that, though they may be good things, they're not worthy of your praise. You're the only one that's worthy of it. Help us to choose to see and the reasons why you're worthy. You're the only one worthy to be praised, Lord. Meet with us now, Lord. Speak to us. Have your way. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. I believe in this simple psalm, Psalm 46, this song that the sons of Korah wrote. Uh, I believe that there are three reasons that we see here, right, that the sons of Korah give us as to why we should praise the Lord. And spoiler, they all have to do with the God that we're choosing to praise. Three reasons why, man, hey, this God is worthy to be praised, seen right here in Psalm 46. The first reason is this, hey, The reason why we ought to praise the Lord, church, is because God is our portion. He's our portion. He highlights that in the first uh, first three verses here. Right? The uh, sons of Korah saying, man, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Hey, even though life, man, goes to you know what? Man, he is there to help. He's there. He's with me. Hey. He is all I need. That's what portion means, by the way. Right? I love what one commentary says. When a biblical writer says God is my portion, he means that God is the source of his happiness and blessing. He is content with all that the Lord is and, hey, what he provides. What he provides. It's like what what King David said in Psalm 73, 26. Man, the Lord, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart And my portion forever. Hey, if God is our portion, we need not nothing else. Nothing else. God is our portion. Man, and the sons of Korah are declaring this right in this psalm. You may ask, Pastor Irv, hey, how how is he that? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's right here. We see it. First and foremost, hey, he's our portion because, hey, he is our refuge and our strength. strength. We talked about refuge last week. or Yeah, I believe it was last week. Right. Speaking to a covering, a shelter, 
of somewhat. The, the, the sons of Korah were declaring that, man, God, even in the midst of all that's going on, man, Philistines are raging war, right? Even in the midst of all that, man, hey, God is my covering, my protection. Hey, in the same way, even though, man, the waves are crashing in your life, even though, man, you don't know what tomorrow holds, even though you're going through tragedy, hey, God is your refuge. He's your shelter, your cover, cover. Man, he protects us, protects us. Man, you talk about God being a good father, man, he, he, he's just like one, man, he protects us. When those times come, doesn't promise us that they aren't going to come, but when they do, man, he's there. He's there. Man, he is our refuge and our strength. Man, that strength speaks to empowering us when we are weak in the midst of chaos to keep, man, living for him. Man, he is our strength. Some of you guys, we're going to talk about this towards the end of the sermon. Some of us, man, are trying to draw from our own strength. You know, hey, some of you, hey, just because, you know, you go to the gym a couple times a week. Do you think you got enough strength to be able, man, to go by yourself, man, and walk through the ways of life? Well, can I tell you, hey, it's good that you're going to the gym a couple times a week. I'm trying to get back myself, first and foremost. But, hey, that strength that you're making, it, it isn't enough. Man, whenever you're weak, weary, tired, hey, God is the one that's able to empower you to keep going. The call for us is to humble ourselves, man, and allow for him to give us the strength. Keep going. He is our refuge and our strength forever. Isaiah 25, 4 puts it this way. For you have been a stronghold to the poor, a stronghold to the needy in his distress, a shelter from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm against a wall. He is forever our refuge and our strength. Man, that's how he's our portion. He's a cover. Cover. But secondly, hey, he's our portion because, man, he is our very present help very present help that's what he says here right uh, in other translation may be described as ever present help which in hebrew literally means something like a help that can be found when you need it hallelujah hey whenever hey whenever we need help he's there like that also hey whenever you call on him he's there he'll be there he, he ain't going anywhere he is there when you need him. He's that ever present help. Now, you know, understand this, this uh, help and calling on the Lord, right? God is not just some genie in a bottle that we ought to just summon whenever things are a mess, right? Uh, he is there to help us, but man, we ought to be calling on him in every season of life, right? And by the way, it's <laughs> whenever you choose to call on him when things are great, man, hey, better prepares to be able to call on him when things are rough. When you don't call on them when things are good, what happens is, hey, you think that I'm good, God, we're good, so I don't need you. Well, hey, whenever you call on him, man, in every season of life, man, it's easier to call on him when he, when you are in a bind. And the sons of Korah speak to that. The help that is found is in his presence, man. The help that he brings, man, is his peace. And the sons of Korah, man, testify to this reality. Whenever they found themselves in a mess, man, Philistines armies, man, looking to tear them apart. But the Lord showed up and helped him. He is near when we need him. Psalm 124, 8 puts it this way. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He is our help. So choose to run to him when you need help. 
And we worship the God of the universe because he is our portion. Even in the dark times, man, the sons of Korah didn't have to fear because the Lord was enough for them. And in the same way, he's enough for us. Enough for us. And so choose to praise him. Man, that's the first reason why we praise the Lord, man. He is our portion. Second reason that we praise him. It's right here in the text. Second reason why we praise God is because God is present. He's our portion, but he is also present. Go back to the text there. After the Selah, look at what the sons of Korah say. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. Man, hey, we ought to praise this Lord because he is ever, he's not just our ever-present help, he is ever-present in our life. He is near to us, near to us, and he's not a bother, not a bother. I mean, I remember, Brother Rod, I had, uh, growing up, you know, me and my sisters had this dog, man, uh, named Chili. My sister named him that. I didn't call I didn't name him. We had this dog named Chili, man. We, he was a stray that we, you know, found. And man, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Chili, not going to lie to you. He was one of those overly hyper dogs. I just wanted to chill, you know, a lot of times when I got to the house. And man, Chili would follow me everywhere. He was a nuisance. And he wouldn't just follow me. Whenever we're there, man, he's jumping up. With his big old claw type paws, man, scratching all over me, my leg and my, you know, face and my arms, man. He was, he was a bother. He was a bother. And so I just said, you know what? Hey, Ashley Jasmine, hey, y'all can have that. It's y'all's dog. Y'all got it. Chili, man, hey, he followed me everywhere. And here was the thing, man. He was a nuisance. He was a bother. He was a burden. Right? Because he was near. Well, hey, hey, can I tell you? Hey, the God of the universe didn't like my dog Chili. Hey, he ain't no nuisance. He's, I know that's bad grammar, but hey, it communicates. He ain't no nuisance. He ain't no bother. Hey, he is near to you. Near to you. And by the way, if you find him to be a nuisance, right, it might be because, man, there's some conviction in your life that you need to respond to. Go and throw that in free of charge. But listen, hey, he, he is near to you. Near to you. He's ever present, man. He's not like some of the gods that we... See, man, are worshipped all throughout the world, man. And all of these gods, man, hey, they are distant. They're far away. Man, hey, the God of the universe is near. He is with us. He's with us. This Lord is present. How so? Number one, man, he's present in the lives of his people. Verse four speaks to this river, man, that flows through the city of God, right? The river metaphor is spoken about from Genesis 2 on, man, about the presence of God. But God there, this river flowing, man, speaks to his dwelling presence, even in the mess. Man, his presence can provide gladness and joy. Hey, his presence is like a calm river flowing through a broken place. Hey, even though life is melting from, hey, there is a river, man, which makes glad the city of God. Which, hey, that city of God, obviously talking about the city of God, Jerusalem. But, man, hey, in Christ, man, hey, we're... Part of his kingdom, man, he's speaking to us too. Since we know Christ, man, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, lives in us. And his spirit, man, is like a river flowing through. See, actually all three parts of the Trinity, man, describe whenever it speaks to uh, a river, right? We see, man, God the Father, right? 
as the fountain of living water. Jeremiah 2 says that. We see Jesus Christ, man, God the Son, as the conduit which, which water flows. John chapter 4 speaks to that. Remember that lady, woman at the well, man, trying to find some water? Hey, Jesus said, hey, you're not going to find what you're looking for in this well. You're going to find it right in the fountain that never runs dry. Like that old hymn, hey, there is a fountain that's not filled with water, it's filled with blood. Man, that makes those clean. And then the Holy Spirit is the distributor of that water into the soul. John 7, 38, rivers of living water found through his spirit. Man, he is present in the lives of his people. Psalm 1611 puts it this way. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Man, God, it, hey, he's near to us. He's not just near to us, though. He is with us. He's in us. He's in us. And, man, hey, that, that, that ought to be reason enough we worship him. Worship him. He's worthy of worship, man, because he is present in the lives of his people. Not just that, though, man. The reason why we praise the Lord, man, him being present, man, is understanding this, that his presence at the end of the day changes everything. Change everything. Look at what verse 6 and 7 says. After it speaks to, man, God be in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. Hey, this river that flows through, verse 6. Hey, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, but he utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. His presence changes everything. Man, hey, when God shows up, man, everything changes. Did you know that? When God shows up, everything changes. Man, I had a coach like that uh, in high school. Ironically enough, his name was Chili too, Chili Davis. True story. True story. Yeah, he was a coach, football coach. And man, hey, when he showed up, hey, everything changed. I remember one time in particular, we're in practice. And before practice, man, you know, we're supposed to be stretching, getting ready. Well, I mean, we're teenagers. We're goofing off. Cutting up, not thinking that anybody see is seeing us, you know, our specific position. But where the practice field was, right, it was behind the school, and there were some classrooms that were there, and he was on the second floor looking out the window. We didn't see him, but he could see us looking out the window. So 15, 20 minutes later, he comes down, and he runs us until we're sick. Ran us for cutting up. I guarantee you, hey, after that day happened, when he showed up, we were, hey, we made sure we were ready to go. Make sure we were ready to go. When he showed up, man, everything changed. We didn't cut up anymore whenever he came. Well, hey, you know where I'm going, but I'm going to go there anyways. Hey, even though, man, Chili would show up, Coach Chili Davis would show up, things change. Hey, it's nothing compared to, hey, the Yahweh God. When he shows up, everything changes. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know what the scripture says. You've probably read it before, right? Remember when he showed up in 1 Kings 18? Remember that uh, battle on Mount Carmel, if you will, Elijah versus the prophets of Baal? Man, prophets of Baal, they set up, man, they're, they're trying to summon, you know, their false god to wake up and send fire from heaven. They didn't. And then all Elijah said, man, he just mouthed an eight to ten word prayer. And fire from heaven came down and shook everything up. Shook everything up. Yeah, that's the God I'm talking about. When he shows up, everything changes. Oh, you need another one? Okay, I'll give you another one. Hey, remember 2 Kings 4? That poor widow, just flip a couple of pages over that poor widow. That Elisha meets with, she, hey, she's, she's about to get kicked out of her house because she's behind on payments. 
ain't got nothing but a jar of oil. Elisha shows up and says, hey, Lord will take care of you. All of a sudden, she's filling up all of her pans right in jars with oil. And I said, hey, go and sell that oil, man, and, and pay off your debts and live off the rest. That's a God, whenever he showed up, everything changed. Man, let me give you another one. Just a couple of chapters over, 2 Kings 7. Man, whenever the Syrian army was surrounding the, the, the people of Israel there, it said literally, Irvin was a translation, man, they had hallucinations of the army of Israel there. And they fled. There wasn't anybody there. But God showed up, man, and, and, and the people of, of Syria, man, were freaking out about what was going on. Presence of God, when he shows up, everything changes. Second Chronicles 20. Remember when King Jehoshaphat prayed? Right, they were surrounded by enemy armies. King Jehoshaphat prayed, and man, hey, God got him out of a jam. Man, when God shows up, everything changes. Let me give you another one. New Testament. Maybe you like New Testament better. John chapter 1. Hey, whenever the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, changed everything. Hey, whenever he went to the cross and died, shed his blood, and he said, it is finished, changed everything. Hey, whenever he got up in Luke 24, right, changed everything, changed everything. Hey, when God shows up, everything changes. It changes. Changes. And that's why we ought to praise him. We ought to praise him. Man, when his presence shows up, everything changes. Here's a question today. Hey, when's the last time you invited the Lord to come and invade your world and shake stuff up? Hey, hey, when's the last time you've invited him to come and meet with you? Speak to you. Shake things up. Maybe, just maybe, because I've been there. Maybe the reason of him being able to shake things up is the very reason why you're choosing not to go to him. Because, man, you kind of like things the way that they are. Wait, hey, hey, can I can I encourage you? Man, he he doesn't want us to be in the same place. And invite him to come and invade your world. Hey, the sons of Korah, man, hey, they worship. This God, because, man, when he showed up, everything changed. Everything changed. We praise the Lord because he is ever present. But thirdly and lastly, listen, we praise this Lord. This God is worthy to be praised because he is all powerful. You say this God is our portion. He is present in our lives. But thirdly and lastly, hey, listen, he is all powerful. Look, look back at the text. Make sure you know I'm not making it up. Verse 8, come behold the works. After the Selah, right, there's really this, this challenge, this call within the song. Right, hey, come and behold the works of uh, the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Hey, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shadows the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Man, this God is all-powerful. It's all powerful, right? The sons of Korah, man, hey, in this, uh, basically this response in the song, hey, he's calling for the people to remember, man, that this God is all powerful. Yes, he's near to us. He's present in our lives, but hey, he's all powerful. It's all powerful. Can I, can I go ahead and throw this in free of charge? Hope it's all right, Sister Melanie. Hey, be careful. Like I said, this is free of charge here. 
Be careful. Man, not to fall victim like many, including myself, do a lot of times of boxing up God. Hey, he's, he's bigger than we can ever imagine, man. Hey, he's bigger than our philosophical thoughts. He's, hey, he's bigger than our preconceived notions. He spoke the whole world into being. And be careful, man, not to fall victim to limiting, man, God's power. Obviously, man, we have the framework of his word, man, you know. If you... But, man, God is all powerful. He's all powerful, and the word speaks to that all throughout. Man, be careful not to box up God, man. He is all powerful. We see that he's all powerful, <clears throat> Here in Psalm 46, and we see really this call again, like I mentioned, from the sons of Korah to us. This first call that he gives us, that they give us rather, is this, man. Hey, this call to marvel at his works. Verse 8 and 9, man, the call for us is to marvel at his works. Like Psalm 66, 16 says, man, hey, come and listen to what God has done for my soul. We ought to be folks that marvel at the, the work of God. What he's done in our life, first of all, what he's doing, man, in the lives of others around us. What he's done here on earth. We're to marvel at his works. Hey, listen, it's when we choose to marvel at all that God has done, man. Man, that our affections for him are stirred more deeply and it leads us to worship him. Hey, remember, man, what he's done. Think back to all that he's done in your life. I think back, man, I, man, I was getting worked up during worship. Thinking back to all these things. I talked about it last week, man. I don't I don't deserve to be where I'm at right now. Man, but he's done great things. Man, hey, he's done great things in your life as well. Hey, marvel at his works. It is greatness. Marvel at his works, man. And when we choose to do that, we're able to say to God be the glory. God be the glory. To God be the glory. Marvel at his works. And then secondly and lastly, verses 10 through 11. Hey, this second challenge that he gives us in understanding that God's all powerful is this. Not just marvel at his works, but meditate on who he is. Verse 10 through 11 say that. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That be still and know, right? It, it literally means uh, to... Uh, to cease striving or to cease fighting. Uh, imagery of this could be, hey, parents in here, you've got a couple of kids and they're fighting, right? It's you getting in the middle of them saying, hey, stop it. Stop it. Cut it out. Pause. Or, you know, teachers, you know, that are in here. Man, you see a fight in the, in the hallway and you're stepping in saying, hey, quit it. Pull them out. That's the kind of force, the emphasis here in the Hebrew, man. Cease fighting. Cease striving. And know that he is God. Man, meditate on who he is. Meditate on who he is. Man, if I were to be honest, man, some of us in here are striving so hard. Man, we had not been able to worship, man, because, hey, we're striving so hard for whatever it is in our life. When the Lord is telling you, man, to cease striving, pause and remember that he's God. Cease fighting and know that he is in control. Know that he's doing. Some of you here are fighting the darkness, man. Hey, that's 
your brain and in your heart, stuff going on in your life. Hey, instead of striving and fighting, man, hey, man, see, striving to know that he's God. Man, some of you are, are uh, fighting, striving, right, to, to, you know, get that, take that next step. Make that next promotion. Hey, all, all good things. But man, what God may be telling us, hey, listen, man, pause and remember that I'm God. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm over it all. You're over here fretting, worrying about things. Hey, I'm over it all. Gotcha. Hey, see, striving to know that he is. God, man, you're fighting for the perfect life for your family. Fighting for that perfect career doesn't seem like it's working out. And what God calls for us to do, man, is to cease striving and know that he's God. Remember that he's in control. That he's in control. That doesn't mean just abdicate responsibilities. Hey, doesn't mean that you, you don't choose to, man, move and Make decisions. What that does mean is that you recognize, hey, the God that you follow and worship is ultimately in control. So, hey, so whatever happens, whatever his will is for your life, it's all good because he's got a plan. That's what that means. Hey, see, striving to know that he's got, he's all power. Hey, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. He is able. And trust him. Trust him.